We greet you in the name of the Lord. And those of us who have joined us on live streaming services, Facebook, or even watching or hearing this recording at a later date, we greet you in the name of the Lord, and our prayers are with you. We are continuing on our series on the person of Jesus Christ. This will be our 46th lesson. We will begin with his very words found in the Gospel of John. In chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. In this world, everything has an appointed means of entrance. Just consider it for a minute. Buildings are not designed to be entered through the windows, but through a door. The door is the intended and designated point of entrance. It is the designated means by which we must enter. And by the way, you can't spell designate without design. The door is intended to be used for an entrance, and it's, it's that way by design. There are also other things besides physical representations that we could consider, such as those who belong to a company or to an organization or to a club or to those who, who, who hold exclusive memberships, in which case there is always an appointed means for you to join their ranks. You may have to meet certain qualifications in order to join them or become a member of their club or organization. You may have to be screened or considered for admission. The dean of the university does this with the students he recruits before they're allowed admission. It's, that's the way in. If you want to take part in a company, you must first be hired on as an employee, in which case you must not only meet the qualifications of education and experience, but you must pass through the hiring manager, and the manager must hire you. If you're going to enlist in the army, you must first be a citizen of the country in which you are enlisting. To enter the theater, you must first purchase a ticket. That's the only legal means of entrance. Those who sneak in the back way to go into the theater, they go to jail. And nobody feels sorry for them. And we could go on and on and on here, but the point I want to draw out is this, is that everywhere in our day-to-day -day lives, everywhere, there's, we have this consistent experience and must submit to only one official appointed means of admission or entering into anything or becoming a part of something or participating in a membership or being employed. And to attempt to obviate or work around that appointed means is many times a criminal offense. If you remember, there was a, a college admission scandal just recently where people paid off the deans of some of these colleges to artificially elevate these test scores so that they would get in, see? It was a criminal offense. They didn't go through the appointed means, see? See, people were outraged and for a good reason. It wasn't right. However, when you tell people that there's only one way to God, many times you are judged as bigoted and closed-minded, even though it's the truth. And it's not right to come to God except through Jesus. It's not right. When we say that Jesus is the only way to be saved, the only way to be part of the church, the only way to God, this is not our idea. This isn't something that we came up with all on our own. 
This isn't our persuasion only, although we are persuaded of it. Praise the Lord. This is the Word of the Lord. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, clearly said this. He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's a promise. I wanted to consider this word door. The word door is used 293 times in the King James Bible. And it's used much like we use it today to designate the point of a physical entrance. But it was also used to designate a point of a spiritual entrance, of a spiritual access, of a spiritual imputation. And actually, in fact, the very first time this word door appears in the Scripture, it's used in this way of spiritual imputation. God told Cain, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. That's the first time the word door is used in the Scripture. David spoke about God keeping the door of his lips. The prophet Micah spoke of the doors of my mouth. David referred that it was better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to, than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Amen. When Christ, the King of glory, ascended into heaven, He entered in through the everlasting doors to this entrance. Paul said, a door was opened to me of the Lord. See, that's, that's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's the way it's used. And there was a lot of important activity in the Scriptures associated with the door that I would like for us to, to go over. We are speaking today about the Lord Jesus Christ when He said, I am the door. It says in Genesis 18.1 that the Lord appeared to Abraham as He sat in the door. Lot was shut away by the wicked men of Sodom when the angels pulled him in and shut the door. He was shut away from the wicked. The Passover blood was put upon the doorposts of the house. And it is written that the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto their houses to smite them. See, this is the way the Scripture wants us to think about this word door. When a servant loved his master, wife, and children and decided to serve his master forever, it says that his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him unto the door or unto the doorposts. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl and he shall serve him forever. Moses told the people of Israel to write the commandments of the Lord on their doorposts. Washing was done at the door of the tabernacle. Being clothed with special garments was done by Aaron and his sons at the door of the tabernacle. Exodus 29.5 Bread and meat were eaten by the priest at the door of the tabernacle. Continual burnt offerings were present at the, says, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. The Lord met the children of Israel, it says, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. This is the way that God wants us to think about this word door. 
The altar was by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. It's what it says, Leviticus 1.5. The sin offering, trespass offering, wave offering, peace offering was killed at the door of the tabernacle. It's what it says. In fact, any man that made an offering in the camp or outside of the camp and did not bring it to the door of the tabernacle, this is what it says. Blood shall be imputed unto that man. He hath shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from his people. That was the result of not bringing a sacrifice to the door as God had commanded. That's Leviticus 17.4. When the congregation gathered, they gathered together, it says, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. An inheritance was divided by lot at one point in time at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. You can imagine then the outrageous offense that is recorded against the sons of Eli when it says that they lay with the women assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. The prophet Hosea spoke of a door of hope. In the temple, Solomon made doors of olive tree. We are grafted into the olive tree. When Jesus said, I am the door, he was speaking of himself being the entrance, being the avenue, the passage, the means of approach or access to God. At, at the point of entrance into the sheepfold, into salvation, and into the benefits found therein is the person of Jesus Christ. None of these are realized apart from Him. None, none of these are realized without Him. He is God's appointed means of entrance into the kingdom and into the sheepfold. There is no other way. You cannot study your way into the fold of God. You cannot meditate your way into the church. You can't be a part of the church by proximity to somebody else who is. That means you can't you can't become a part of the church because your dad's a part of the church, because your mom's a part of the church, or because your coworkers are a part of the church. That's not the that's not the entrance. You can't pass it down to or from your blood relatives. If you're go if you are going to be among the flock of God's people, you must make it to the door and through the door. There are people today who think that if they are somehow good enough, that maybe God will let them enter into heaven. See, a lot of times church membership is, is many times promoted the same way that like the Elk Lodge membership is promoted. Like, say an oath, show up for the meetings, agree with our membership rules and you're in. But you see, this is not the way that God has presented salvation. It's not the way He's done it. It's not something that makes us accepted in the Beloved. It's someone who makes us accepted in the Beloved. It says, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Our works didn't make us accepted. His works made us accepted. When we put our faith in Him, God accepts us because of Him. He, that's the reason why He's the door. God has accepted the person of Jesus Christ. The salvation of God has the Son at the center. 
God saves absolutely no one apart from the consideration of His only begotten Son. Consider what the Scripture says about it. He's chosen us in Him. We are in Him who is true. He is gathering together all things in one in Him. All the spiritual blessings for us are in Him. All the spiritual blessings for us are in Him. All the fullness dwells in Him bodily. Our confidence is in Him. Our trust is in Him. Our hope is in Him. Our life is, is hid in Him. These aren't my words. These are declarations in the Scripture. We believe in Him. We walk in Him. We are rooted and built up in Him. We abide in Him. We are complete in Him. We are perfected in Him. We're talking today about Jesus being the door to the sheepfold. Rightly considered, this means that we do not enter the fold merely by a profession of faith. Any more than making a profession of wealth makes you wealthy. I'm a millionaire. Does that mean that I'm a millionaire? Unless there are steps taken by a person or a series of events in order to make me wealthy, just saying it, there's, it's not like a, there's not like a magical wand in salvation. There's not like a magical phrase that you just say, I believe in Christ and, and you're saved. There's a real transaction that's going on here. There's a real entrance. There's a real appropriation. We don't enter the fold merely by making a profession with our mouth, although it's involved. It is involved. Neither do we enter because of an act of obedience or even because we have, sub we have submitted to an ordinance of baptism. Maybe we submit to an ordinance and that will get us in. The confession is not the door. The obedience is not the door. The baptism is not the door. It's the person of Jesus Christ. He's the door. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that makes us willing in the day of His power. He's the one that satisfied God and it's because of Him that our baptism avails anything at all, brethren. Before Christ died for sin and was raised again, many people were baptized, but they did not enter the kingdom until they were born again. See, there was a... It's a very different kind of a transaction that occurred there because of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism saves us because God does something in baptism. And God has done something through His Son, Jesus Christ. When Noah built the ark, there was only one door constructed in it. There was no back door to the ark. There was no secondary entrance to the ark. When the tabernacle was constructed, there was only one door to the tabernacle. It wasn't like a service door or an exit door. The Holy of Holies could only be reached through the holy place and the holy place could only be accessed through the door. See, there's a pattern here to be seen. Those who attempt to be united with God by any other means than the door has actually attempted to rob God and steal from Him. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is the truth. He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. 
Jesus is the only way, the only authorized way that a person can access the salvation of God. All that will come into the sheepfold must come by the way of the door, not by the way of a, of a Bible seminary and so-called higher education, not by the way of a process or a profession or a position, but by the way of a person. He's not a door. He is the door. He is the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me, he said. God's appointed means of salvation. If a person will be saved, they must come to him and enter by him only. If you're going to be one of God's people, you are going to do so by wholly, completely, entirely, and absolutely depending with the whole weight of your soul on the person of Jesus Christ. And a person cannot do that and cannot give their life to Him in service if they do not wholeheartedly trust in Him and love Him. And all who trust in Jesus and believe in Him, they will serve Him. They will obey Him. They will depend on Him. Not just for their temporal needs. Not just talking about your temporal needs, but their eternal needs as the bishop and shepherd of their souls. A door also marks a point of demarcation. It marks the point between the outside of the house and the inside of the house. It marks the, the point of difference between here and there. It marks a, a, a point between in and out. Blessed and cursed. Saved and unsaved. Those who are in the faith and those who are out of the faith. Those on His right hand and those on His left hand. Those on the outside of the door cannot see the things contained on the other side of the door. Jesus said, He shall be saved. What a... What awaits those who enter this door? What, what awaits the person that comes to the door? Jesus said, He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And trust me, men need to be saved. We need to be saved. We're going to stand one day before a righteous and a holy God. The, wrath of, the cup of the wrath of God is filling up against all the ungodly and the ungodly speeches that they've ungodly spoken against them. It's filling up. The wrath of God is coming. We're seeing evidences of this thing just breaking out. There's riots in every city right now. We're seeing evidence of the wrath of God. But it's coming full force one day. Anyone who goes to this door will be saved. He shall be saved. Make no mistake about it. If you've entered in this door, you will be saved. If you're encountering fierce opposition and hardship and persecution and tribulation, if you're in the fold of God, you will be saved. That's what he said. You will be liberated from the enemy of your soul. You will be liberated from the pain and sorrow of the natural curse. You will be liberated from that body of death that you carry around every day. One day you'll be saved. You come to this door, you'll be saved from all of that. You will be saved. Those who keep themselves in the love of God will be kept by Christ all the way to the end. 
you, you, can, you can trust in that. You can have assurance in that. You will be saved. You hold on to Him and He'll never let go of you. He said, he said of those, I've lost none. He's not, if you hold on to Him, He's not going to lose you. If you're lost, the, the fault wasn't with Jesus. The fault was that you didn't stay with Him. He shall go in and out. That's what it says. He shall be saved. He shall go in and out. That's what it says. This is speaking of the freedom that's found in Christ. In Christ, we're not bound by the rigid letter of the law. We're able to walk about Zion. We're able to, to look at our bulwarks. We're able to express our love, express our devotion, express our desire for Him and for our brethren without restriction. There's no law against love. There's no law against peace. Nobody's going to say, oh, oh, too peaceful. Oh, too loving. Nobody's going to say that. We're able to express our love, devotion, and desire for Him without restriction. In the kingdom of heaven, whatever you can see in the heavenly places, you can have. We aren't roped sheep in this pasture. There's no fences in this pasture in heavenly places. There aren't limits. There's a height and depth and length and breadth. There's no limit to it. You can have as much, you can have as much of God as you want without limit and without restriction in this place. We're talking about when you've entered through the door. We're talking about heavenly places. We're not talking about laying up temporal. We're not talking about temporal things. We're talking about heavenly things, eternal things. You can have all you want without limit. You can go in and out. All of these satisfying things are found through the door to the sheepfold. Make no mistake about it, when you come to Christ, you will find pasture. There is a spiritual provender, a divine nourishment found in Christ that is not found anywhere else. There is rest for the weary soul here. There is food for the soul. There is strength to be gained. It's not an optional nourishment. It's an essential nourishment. You know, some animals, if you don't put them out to pasture, they'll just die. Jesus is the bread of life. He said, unless Jesus gets inside of you, unless you eat, unless you eat his, eat the bread, and drink His blood, you have no life in you, it says. We have all entered into Christ, into the faith, into the, the knowledge and the understanding of God. And therefore, we've entered into things like love and joy, a joy unspeakable and full of glory and peace and communion and assurance. Have you experienced these things? This is only possible through the door, see, that's the, it's the only way it's possible, and so it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter what anybody else says. There, there's going to be gainsayers to say, no, no, the only way to God is this. But when you've come to the Lord, you know it, you've tasted it. We can tell you that the things we've seen and experienced on this side are much better. Much better. And, and, and despite all the hardships that we've had to go through to experience them, it's much better. Much better than where we were when we were without God and without hope in the world. That's the other side of the door. 
There are many who have not yet come to Christ and as a result, not only are they not saved, they have absolutely no concept of these things. They have no concept of joy. They have no, they have no concept of love. God is love. If you don't know God, how do you know love? You know the world's definition of love. Jesus said, Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he can't even see the kingdom of heaven, let alone enter into it. You can't even perceive it. He calls people to enter through this door while there is still time. That, brethren, this door is open. This table is set. But there can be bread on the table and a man starved to death if he doesn't put it to his mouth. There can be water flowing in the stream. But if the man doesn't drink of it, he'll die of thirst. God has set the table. He's opened up fountains in the wilderness. It's available. It's right there. The door's open. He says, whosoever will may come. The invitation's gone out. He said, have they not heard? Yea, verily, their sound went out to the ends of the earth. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him. It's this nourishment we're talking about. A lot of people, why do a lot of people give up? They start good, but then they give up. What happened? They didn't, they didn't feed on the living bread. Jesus said, open the door. I'll come in, I'll come in and sup with you. As long as Noah was outside of the ark, he could not really save, say that he was safe from the coming destruction. Neither did he act like that either. It says that he prepared an ark in fear. He moved with fear to prepare that ark. He knew what was coming. He knew what was coming on the earth. And it says he moved with fear to prepare that ark. If Noah was going to be saved when the deluge came, he had to go into the ark through the one door and God had to shut him in. And remember, after Noah had entered into the ark, when the floodwaters descended, this door was shut and the way to the ark was sealed and there wouldn't be anyone that could enter through it again no matter how much they wanted to. When the five foolish virgins weren't ready, when the announcement was made, that the bridegroom was coming, it is written that while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him unto the marriage and the door was shut. The door is open right now, but one day it's going to be shut. You can go to the door right now. Whosoever will may come, but one day it's going to be shut. It's not going to be forever. Now's the appointed time. Now's the day of salvation. One day soon the Lord will return and the door will be shut. And the wrath of God will fall heavily on everyone who is on the outside. It's imperative that people get to the door. It's imperative. See, we believe the record that God has given of His Son, but if people will not believe, but persist in their wickedness, God will blind them and they will not be able to find this door. Remember the, the men of Sodom that persisted in their wickedness. What did the angels do to them? He says he struck them with blindness so that they were groping and couldn't find the door. It's a fearful things to fall into the hands of the living God. You don't want to be among those who say the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. To anyone who is listening 
especially those who are listening on Facebook and live stream. I know we have a we're we're, we're gaining a growing audience on the, on this media. Anyone who's listening here that isn't right with God, take advantage of what the Lord is offering while there is still time to do so. The door the door is still open. There's an appointed means and there and it's wide open and he says whosoever will may come. And to those of us who are in the sheepfold, keep the faith. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Hold fast that that which thou hast. Hold it fast. And, and it says you will be saved. I am the door to the sheep, Jesus said. He who comes in will be saved and be fed. For in him an entrance to life from the dead. To go in and out and to be free to be led. This door is appointed from the Father above. This door surely points to His mercy and love. This door that was spoken even from of old when the Lord passed over that bloody threshold. Abraham visited in the door of his tent. By the door a sacrifice the priest did present. By the door he was clothed in a special garment. On its post it was written, the Lord's commandment. By the door was gathered the congregation. By the door was a washing and offering for sin. He of old testified, just look there and see. The door to the temple made of an olive tree. Many things happened in the word by the door, and all which things are in Christ all the more. He is the entrance to graft us inside the household of God there to safely abide. Though many may try to another way climb, and many are groping that he has made blind, a door is still open, and the day is at hand. The table is set, and it's found in this man, the one who is sent from our Heavenly Father, who leads us to pasture and heavenly provender. Who, will, who surely will save all who by him do enter, who hold Jesus Christ in their life at the center. We're thankful for him, the one, the one who we're told is that blessed, appointed one door to the fold. Amen. Thank you, brethren.